Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Like, the thing is, I, this is, like I mentioned in the first episode, I'm excited for, for this kind of stuff. And what I mean by that is just that this is like, there's no more little things we got to worry about. There's no preseason specials. There's no, it's the first season. It's the first episode. So maybe we need to do something special. No, this is just hockey. We're just into the hockey. This yeah, is oh yeah. F- most most teams have played five games except for poor St. Louis. They've only played three. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff that's kind of like not established, but there's things happening, and it's hockey. Ugh, I love it. It's back. Yeah. No, we can we can sink we can sink our teeth into it, bud. I swear to God, like I'm loving I'm loving the stuff we got going on right now. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away, so no. I'm not saying anything. But no. I'm loving the stuff we're going to talk about today for man. sure. Now, I th- so I think we're kind of into it right now. But before we get too deep into it, I wanted to just quickly mention to our uh, listeners a um, bit of housekeeping. So we decided to do a shift. We've decided that uh, as great as the hockey focus was to us, and we're super, we were very happy to have that opportunity. We decided to shift and go over to the Hockey Podcast Network, which is like a great move for us. We're very happy, very excited about this. They've welcomed us in with open arms uh nothing against the hockey focus great network still lots of great podcasts over there so if you were listening there you should continue nothing but the best absolutely continue listening to that network uh great group of guys over there so just nothing really changed in that regard but for us um yeah we're we're excited um so let's get right into it around the boards baby around the boards so loving it now that the season's, you know, five, six games in kind of thing, like I mentioned, and I, I, obviously, except for St. Louis, they only played the three games, but it doesn't really matter. It's hockey and it's awesome. Um, there's a couple of early stories uh, that, we're, that we're, we're considering and we decided to run with the ones that we did. But one thing I do want to mention, I'm starting to feel pretty bad. We, I don't want to talk about it just because I feel like if we do bring too much attention to it, it's not good. And it's poor Vancouver. Um, oof, man. And now Ooh, I know, man, uh, Freeman, Elliot Freeman on uh, 32, uh, the pot, his podcast, he already talked about how they're apparently looking at another coach. So yeah, things not looking so good. And JT Miller coming out yesterday with that comment where like, you know what, screw it. You guys want to throw your jerseys on the ice. I don't care. Like things I didn't expect it to come out at all like like i did not see this being vancouver's season thus far at all i didn't see this coming no and and i didn't either i mean everybody's got their thought process right like should they have traded miller uh should they keep should they have kept him and sign him to the extension which they eventually did it's it's a bit of a mess out there right now (laughs) and you know i i even even listening to boudreaux you can kind of hear a tinge of i'm feeling a little lot like the best way I can say it is like, you know, feeling a little bit lost in the wilderness yeah, kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's not, he's, he hasn't lost it yet there, but no. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're six games in here now and Miller, listen, I, I love Miller as a player. He's been very productive, yeah. but in my, per, in my personal and honest opinion, the guy needs to shut his mouth. And listen, I actually agree with some of the things that he said, mm-hmm. i.e. Listen, I'm focused on Carolina tonight. I'm focused yes. on trying to get this team. So that part I understand. Yeah. But with you need you need to kind of take the temperature in the room, man. And any aggressive tone from Miller right now, it's it's just not helping. Like 
No, uh, but I, it, I love and the guy. it further it it makes uh, the entire situation more obvious that it's volatile in there. Nobody's enjoying yeah. it, and yeah. they shouldn't. But you're right. You don't want to necessarily give confirmation that yes, it's volatile in that room by coming out and saying something the way he did. Do I blame him necessarily? Absolutely not. It's fine to have that emotion and it's fine to to feel that way. Absolutely. But I do agree. You're right. I think it's better to to try and play it the reserved. It's it's six games in. There's lots of hockey left to be played. Lots of things can still happen. Personally, I still don't have any issues whatsoever with the contract. I think all of these players are going to turn it around eventually. Unfortunately, I hate to say this because I do think he's a good coach. I do think Boudreaux, I think it's starting to be pretty obvious. He may not be the right coach for this team. Um, which kind of makes you feel like, you know, Travis Green maybe got the bad end of the stick there. Um, although I think he's still being paid right now, so I think he's okay. Um, but anyways, maybe a new coach is really all they're they're really uh, the only the last missing piece. So we'll we'll see. Well, I mean, when 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 it comes to Boudreaux, right? Like the unfortunate thing for him, I, you know, I think he's a great coach. I think he can actually take this team to where they want to go. The only problem is, is that he wasn't the current management team's hire. True. And we all know how that goes, right? Usually, like yeah. a, they, they've given him leash. He's done well. He had a great end to the season last year when he came on as interim. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a case where he's in a little bit of a rock and a hard place. And I think the other thing, unfortunately, they've had a lot of um, um, injuries on defense out there in Vancouver. Now they've got yep. uh, Hughes. Hughes that's going to be out week to yep. week. and And that was kind of a... Listen, I don't want to say it was a brutal defense, but you know it was suspect at best, so yeah. to speak, coming into the year. So now that you get the injuries, and now of course with the, the horse in, in Hughes, I mean, they're in a they're in a bit of a bad spot. And then everything on the ice combined with the fact that there's that temperature going on in that market right now, you know, the fans throwing the jerseys, and they have the right to yeah. do it, dude. Like I I will always back that up. If the team is playing that bad, you have like that's the fans' For right. Sure. They're paying good money to watch that yeah. game, so. I mean, personally, I wouldn't do Vancouver, it. Like, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> no, jerseys are not no. cheap, and I don't see it. Like, so and, what does that mean? Now you're no longer a fan. Is that what that means? You're done with this exactly, team? Like, yeah. really, you're not gonna like they all of a sudden they turn around game seven. Let's say they beat whoever it is they're playing games for their game seven, and they go on a tear, and all of a sudden you're gonna want that jersey back, aren't you? Like, I, I think it's a bit of a knee jerk reaction. I don't necessarily. I I completely agree that absolutely it's your right, but from my personal opinion, I think it's a bit much to throw your jersey like. Come on, like you're not going to give up in your team. You're not giving up a team. That's emotional. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, they have the players that they that they can turn it around. Yes, they're going to still need some help on defense at some point. But they do have they do have the personnel there to turn this around. Now it's just a matter. And 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 you have to hope if you're a Vancouver fan. And you know we've talked about this before in certain uh, in certain situations. You just got to hope that this kind of bands that team together. Like this can go one way or the other. This can completely go uh, south. This can completely go sour, or this can kind of galvanize these guys a little bit. And you never know. I mean, we've seen it before, Marty. Yeah. When a team kind of gets galvanized around something, right? It doesn't really matter the personnel you have. They're just they're playing such a structured yeah. team game that it really it really does go a long way. Yeah, and there is there's definitely still time for all this, including Boudreaux, to to turn to right the ship and to make something special out of this season. Because Boudreaux, like we've said at the beginning, is a good coach. So. I, Vancouver, don't give up just yet because uh, you know it's it, season's still very very early. But uh, with that no. with that said, um, now we're going to move into our our. I know this is all a part of around the boards, but Mike and I actually written up a couple of segments for on four teams. How about we go one for one, Mike? I'll do one, you do the next, and then 
Me and then you. Sounds that's like good. a plan, right, man. So I'm start out now. This is now okay. this is a team that no, this man. is a team that's got the complete difference going on from Vancouver. This is Marty. Take I, it away, buddy. Like my uncle Manok Selge, uh, he's he's very happy right now. This is his team. The Sabers are they for oh, real? Yeah, okay. big big Ooh. team. He used to be in our. Yes. The reason I'm mentioning that too is that he used to be in our league. He was the owner of uh, currently Scott's team, the Royals. Which back in the day, oh geez, I don't remember what they're called. Joel would know, but. We'll have to have him back on the show just so he can tell us. But anyways, so the Sabres, um, so is this for real? Can they keep it up? That's my biggest question at the top. So let's let's take a closer look here. It's five games. Okay, I know it's it's not much, but still five games, four wins and one loss. So the wins were against Ottawa, Edmonton, Calgary, three very, very good teams, all worthy of a loss, but they came out with the win, and then one against Vancouver, which I, I want to say they led the whole way. I don't think they – or no, they did come back. That was one of the ones they came back to win, eh? Buffalo? Against, uh, against, against Vancouver. Vancouver? Yeah, because Vancouver was like – yeah. they were in that spell where they were leading, and then they kept losing. They they. They whitewashed him, man. Okay. They they handled them huge. I think it was a five one win. Oh, was it? Like okay, that. so they, they were never. It was, right. Yeah, was it was one. bad. Okay. Lackluster performance yeah. by Vancouver for sure. And their only loss came against Florida at uh, a score of three to two. So nice and tight. So it's not like it's not like they weren't trying in that game. They could have walked away with the W. It was a nice tight game. Uh, so twenty two goals for, eleven goals against. Are you kidding me? Jeez, second in the league in goals for, and fourth in the league in goals against per game. Like these, this is a team. Like Granado's really got a good system that's going well with good players. I love seeing these kinds of things sort of come together. You saw a little bit, of it, little bit of his system coming to life last year, especially late in the season with Buffalo. And now right out of the gates, these guys are just flying and everything's clicking. It really seems like he's got these guys buying in on what they need to do and how this system is going to work and how they're going to be successful for it. Uh, another Another couple of stats for you, 21st in power play and 11 the penalty game. So the, this isn't necessarily a team that's relying on special teams. This is a team that's playing a complete game, uh, predominantly at even strength, which is great. That's what you want. You can work on your power play. You can work on your penalty kill. And penalty kill is not that bad. 11th in the league is really good. Nothing to, nothing to necessarily be, oh, my God. Like it's, it's somewhere 11th, 10th. It's a good spot to be in. Uh, Craig Anderson and Eric Clamery have combined for a two goals against and a 950 save percentage. Um, this is where I'm kind of, I don't see Anderson being able to have one of those seasons that he's done in the past. He did it for Ottawa. And I want to say, who else did he do it? He, right before he went to Ottawa. God, help me out here, Mike. Colorado. Colorado. He was in Colorado yeah. before. I, I, but again, like Anderson's got that in him where he can just all of a sudden he's like this amazing goalie. And you're like, oh, geez, Craig Anderson is one of the best goalies in the league. And then he sort of falls back to earth. But uh, Comrie doesn't have as much of a resume at all to sort of lean on. So can this kind of continue? I have my doubts. But if this is as a result of the system, then I don't have my doubts. Like, so only time will tell. They need a, we need a few more games with this, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, I think he got the first star of the week this week. Yeah, very well done. Leads the team with eight points, five goals, and 24 know, minutes man. time on it. Like, you're laughing right now, Mike. Like, seriously. Like, oh, Mike, dude, I'm loving it, man. Mike. And I'm facing you this week. We'll touch that. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but uh, I'm a little bit nervous for sure, just based on that player alone. Uh, Alex Touch, uh, Tuck? Is it Tuck or Touch? Tuck. Tuck. 
Alex Tuck. I want to say touch. No, Alex Tuck leads the team with six goals in five games. He's another guy who came over and everyone was sort of really pumping up his tires. And when you went back and sort of looked at his career, you're like, okay, well, what's the deal here? And I I think this is a a perfect example of the right player in the right system and things are clicking Mm -hmm. for him. And he's a big reason why this team is as dangerous as they are because, as we're all aware, there's this guy named Tage Thompson signed a big contract because he had the monster season he had, he had last year, and he's not on the score sheet. He's he's not really doing what we would have expected from him out of the gates, at least. He's only he's off to a slow start with one goal, three points in five games. Same thing, same thing for Jeff Skinner. Uh, no goals and two assists in five games. So I, And I noticed that as of today, uh, Tuck's actually been thrown into the top line because I believe he was on the mm-hmm. second leading up to this. And I think um, uh, he did that to, to actually help out, which is funny to say, to help out Skinner and Thompson. So it, it, it goes to show you that there's enough faith in, in the system to start throwing players like an Alex Tuck at the top of your line. And that says a lot about the system and the player as well, too. Though Obviously, the player earned it, too. So this is pretty impressive. I like this team. When you look at this team on paper, nothing really jumps out at you. But if we continue down this path, the, a lot of the players I just mentioned, plus a few other ones like Kyle Poso. He's he's your veteran leadership. I don't know that he's going to have one of those seasons that he's he has had in the past, 65 plus. I don't think he's there anymore, but he's doing his part. Everyone's got a role, and that's what I like about this team. These are role players. But you know, when you throw in a, a Darlene who can score five goals in five games, uh, this is pretty impressive stuff. So Buffalo Sabres are an exciting team right now. Uh, from a fantasy manager's perspective, there's a, more than a few players to have a look at, and I think you should. And as a team, I don't know, some managers, uh, some sorry, some fantasy hockey leagues work a little bit different. If you can grab the goalie or if you grab the tandem, uh, either way, I would I would ride this until it was it, until it was no longer working. This is a hot streak that you should jump all over for oh, sure. I mean, the nice thing about Buffalo, anyway, for me, is the culture. They they've got players there that kind of want to be part of the solution, right? And like I'm I'm not saying that you know other incarnations of the Buffalo Sabers that there weren't guys that wanted to make it work. I mean, for me, the, one of the biggest biggest parts was Alex Tuck when they got him from Vegas. Yeah. I mean, this is a Buffalo Buffalo native. This kid grew up Buffalo Sabers fan, so he knows what it means to that market, right? Big and time. That 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 can that can spread throughout the dressing room. Oh yeah, like you know, Skinner's been Skinner's been there for for a while. True, he's gone through some rough times too. Do you not think he wants to turn this around a little bit? I mean, obviously he's going to be in Buffalo for a while with a nine million dollar contract. Nobody else taking it, so <laughs> Buffalo, you're stuck with him. Sorry, bud. Yeah. But, but he's a but good I mean, player, it's, though. It's, it's, just it's, give him a little bit more time he, in he the is, system. He'll turn it around. He is he a will. good player. You just need skilled players around you, and unfortunately, Buffalo's been a bit of a bottom dweller mm-hmm. here for the better part of a decade. Yeah. And you know, now that now that they're kind of getting some players in here, they're they're giving them the time. And you know what? You hit on it earlier. Don Granado and that system yeah. is perfect for what they got going on right now because he's brought in the he's brought the best out of some of those players. Obviously, and yes, yeah. I may be a little bit I may be a little bit biased, <laughs> but I'm sorry. There was Rasmus Dahlin at the end of last year, which which by the way, everybody could see. The progression happening. For sure. And now, and I'm sorry, this Rasmus Dahlin is on a different level, man. Like, the way he the way he is rovering around. Listen, Makar is Makar, yep. and that's that. And, you know, I, I do think that Dahlin has some of that in him. And what I mean by that is I'm not trying to compare him to Kale Makar. I'm comparing him to that rover 
a defenseman. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know how many times in that I don't know how many times in that Vancouver game I watched that whole game. I don't know how many times Darlene's uh, below the goal line. Oh, really? Like he's down there getting. Oh, yeah. There were several times where he like sometimes it was more of a flyby, kind of getting down there, getting the puck off, getting back in, into position. But there were several times where he was deep into the offensive zone, really? and obviously Granado Granado's giving him a little bit of leash here to kind of, well, basically play his game. And it's something I don't think we've seen in the first couple of years of his uh, career. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year goes, but it's certainly off to a hot start. Buffalo's off to a hot hot start. They're actually a team that, I mean, I love watching them. I I believe I speak for you too, Marty. I mean, they're a fun fun team to watch. And like you said, and like you said already, Marty, uh, lots to uh, to have in regards to fantasy. So you know what? Good on the Buffalo Sabers. Good on that fan base. I'm happy. For and them. I really want to emphasize how important it is that the system is really clicking. And that's uh, all all thanks in part to Granado. And that's a hockey family right there too. The Granados, like they're, they're up and down. I think there's three of them in total. Um, they're all very savvy when it comes to hockey. And this is just another Granado doing something very special with a, with a, with a team that's been in down in the dumps for a little bit too long, maybe. Uh, so it's nice to see uh, a lot of history there in Buffalo. So they, des- they deserve it. Yeah. They've been waiting they long cer- enough. They certainly yeah. deserve it. Oh yeah. Now st- staying in the Atlantic, I'm going to go and I can't even believe I even wrote this story down because as a Habs fan and all you folks know out there, I'm a huge Habs fan. I have to write, I have to, they forced me about the Boston Bruins. Can they keep, can, can they keep this up with Marchant and McAvoy out? Now here's some good news though. I believe both of these gentlemen are going to be back in that lineup a fair bit earlier than I think we all expected. At least, at least that's the way it seems. We, you know, of course, we're not team personnel, so we don't have the uh, the in on that. But it looks like looks like things are heading in the right direction. So we could end up getting, you know, kind of a full roster here pretty soon. But you know what? Listen, this team has been getting it done here on offense. I mean, aside from the Penguins, I think these guys are right up there uh, in regards to offense league wide. Um, They're currently sitting third with a four point three three goals for. Uh, in the league, so they, you know t- so they've got one more goal for when uh, versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Boston's got twenty seven. Pittsburgh's has twenty six. However, Boston's got one extra game. It is just it's just incredible the way these guys have been able to score. I mean, Taylor Hall is filled in admirably, yeah. and, and and you know you're not looking for a guy that's getting you ten points in five games. He's got five and five, yep. three goals, two assists. Mm-hmm. Had a great game the other night uh, against uh, Minnesota. I think it was he scored the oh, overtime true, goal. Yes. He had a three point night there. Had a three point night, so he's starting to feel it a little bit. But I mean, listen, the Bruins have been getting getting it done by committee. There's six players that are currently sitting with five points or more on the roster. Four, um, four, another four with four points. So you got a total of nine guys here that are kind of contributing early on in the season. Uh, and two of those guys are are defensemen on top yeah. of it. So uh, I mean, all, all Mark's been playing out of his mind. Uh, four and four zero and zero record. 233 GAA and a 920, uh, 929 save percentage. So, I mean, he's been, you know, he's been great. Swayman's had a bit of a rough start here, but again, when you got two goalies and you can kind of lean on one for a little bit while the other one finds his game, uh, you're in good shape. Uh, you got the steadying presence of Krejci there, and he's been paying big dividends along with uh, Bergeron, two guys that kind of came back there late in the yeah. summer. Uh, so that's really kind of, and we talk about it a lot when it comes to defensemen, Marty. Uh, you know, kind of setting guys up in the right spot, like third, fourth, second D. 
by getting Krejci and Bergeron in, two old guys, two elder statesmen, I get it. You're not looking for 80 points out of these guys. But what, but what I think the bot, this Boston team wanted, especially out of a guy like Krejci, is you're able to slot other players into better positions throughout your lineup yeah. now. Now maybe you're not pushing a, uh, you're not pushing a third liner up to a second line. You can keep them down on that third mm-hmm. line, uh, and it just kind of sets itself up a little bit better. Um, the other guy that I do want to hit on here is Hampus Lindholm. Oh, yeah. uh, he's been getting a ton of praise from Jim Montgomery. Um, I believe he, uh, in the uh, press the other day, he called him an absolute stud. And I mean, look, when you have McAvoy out right now, you need somebody to step up. And, uh, you know, again, complete rival in the Boston Bruins <laughs> as a Habs yeah. fan. But but watch but watching that game, I do have to tip my hat to Lindholm. He was he played an excellent excellent game. I mean, the guy's got four points in six games, two goals, two assists. So he's kind of giving you a little bit everywhere, up and down For the sure. lineup. You know what? Boston Boston Bruins are looking real real good right now to start the year, and they've got some big time players coming back here to give them a hand. So if Marshawn McAvoy give them anywhere even near their just your usual, or it could even be a slightly below. I mean, this team is in a good spot right now, Marty, and we thought that they may be kind of on the outside looking in here in regards to a playoff spot at this point. So, you know what? Bruins fans out there, Ron, I'm talking to you. You guys should be pretty darn happy with the way the season has started for you guys, and I think that this is going to continue. I have to say it, with this start of the year, I'm pretty sure that Boston is almost six games in, seven games in. I know it's weird to say that you may have sewn up a spot, but... Dude, they really set themselves up. The way things are rolling with them, I don't see this necessarily slowing down. Um, But yeah, like you'd mentioned too, like we had written them off a little bit earlier, probably a little bit too soon, especially with the injuries and everything. I really didn't see Krejci necessarily being that big of a hole to plug. I didn't see him coming in and really looking like... Like, I don't, I'm not even sure he was necessarily, like, he was always an effective player for sure, but I feel like he left and he came back with something extra. I feel this is a different kind of Krejci. I feel like he's, he's, maybe he's trying to prove something. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, it's definitely working. And the surrounding cast, like you had mentioned, um, I don't think, actually, no, so you mentioned Hall and you mentioned Lindholm, but then there's like Debrusque and there's even Zaka. Like, these guys are really yeah. fitting in nicely. And yes, of course, when you've got the luxury that you don't need to have Swayman be the number one, which we all thought would have been, and just sort of lean on Allmark for now, yeah, that's great. And yeah, they're leading the the Eastern Conference right now with five wins, one loss, and look at those disgusting goals. Like that, to me, is one of the bigger... I didn't see... I could I could have fathom them being in this position but not because of their offense. I, I, would, have, I would have guessed them mm-hmm. maybe being here, but based solely on defense. Stellar goaltending and just a pure shutdown system, that would have been how they got here. I did not see the amount of offense yeah. coming out of this team, even though there were some players to be mentioned for sure, but not like this. Like I, I really, I'm very, very surprised by this, and it's, and it's great. I, I love, like Boston's my number two team, so this is all good for me. I mean, listen, it's, it's a case where... You know, again, we 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 expected these guys to be out yeah. of the playoffs early, out of the playoffs <laughs> at this particular point in time. So, yeah, I mean, no, but I mean, you know, I mean, you're talking about Marshawn, you're talking about McAvoy. I mean, these are two all-star yeah. players here. I mean, I, I I don't know how they're getting it done, but I'll tell you what, it's definitely with a team concept. And I that's think for sure. we even said, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike. I'm pretty sure we even said um, Boston, unless they're in a playoff spot by by Christmas, 
won't be making the playoffs. Well, the way things are going, That's, they're yeah, yeah they they might be they're, battling for the president's trophy the way things are going right now. So <laughs> good for them. But you're playing that good, and you've got and you got two guys missing. I mean, you're in a good spot. That's the thing. When they come back, they're even better. And yeah, like I said, like they, they're at a position now where they might even be battling for that President's Trophy. But there's a couple other teams uh, that might be get standing in the way. And one of them I'm going to talk about right now, which is Dallas. Now, I know originally I had suggested I was going to do Vegas, but something about this Dallas team was saying, no, Marty, talk about me. So I did. I listened to him. And now <laughs> I decided to go Dallas strong. Um, and, and should we be surprised? Like, it's only five games, but, you know, they haven't lost in regulation and they look fantastic. So I really didn't see that coming. So before I get any too deep into it, let's just take a close look at the last five games, just like I did with um, uh, my first team there, Buffalo. So five games played, four W's and one overtime loss. So the two W's came against Nashville. Another one came against uh, Winnipeg and another one against Montreal. Their three, two overtime loss came against Toronto which again is another one of those losses that could have gone either way. Um, and, you know, no team's going to go 82 and 0. You got to lose some games. So to lose against Toronto, never really a bad thing. And Toronto's still a good team. Uh, 20 goals for and eight goals against. That's <laughs> just embarrassing. <laughs> Fifth in goals per game with four and 160 goals against, which is good for first in the league. Now, another team where I'm. I didn't think this is where this is the opposite, right? Like with Boston, I didn't think they would have been where they were because of their offense, which is really where they why they're there. Same thing with Dallas. I I I could have I didn't no I wouldn't have I wouldn't have predicted them being where they are now, which is at the top of the, uh, the conference. And I certainly wouldn't have guessed it's because of their defense. Now I've always been high on Jake Odinger. However, I didn't think they would shut it down this much to the tune of a 1-6-0 goals against. Nobody's scoring on this team. Again, team, not just Odinger, but however, that being said, Jake Odinger will win the Vesna this year. Can I, is that too early? Can I do that? Is it too, am I going to get slapped? Because I'm going to do it. I think I just did it. No, no, no. All right, we did it. Especially, did. especially oh, if he keeps this up. Like I see, and I see no reason why he can't and why he won't. He's got a 125 goals against and a 959 save percentage. This really hurts, okay? Because there's two guys I want to talk about this team. The main two guys I want to talk about this team, and they were both on my team last year. Um, so he's got a 125 goals against, 959 save percentage in four games, which is obviously disgustingly great. Uh, their only loss came in OT, which wasn't for a lack of trying, but it came because of, not because of, but Wedgwood was actually in nets for that one. So you can even look at Odinger and say, you're the reason we lost that game. Not at all. Um, so he's one of those guys that you, I, I, I've been saying it for a while now. He gives me heavy workload vibes. He gives me uh, UC Saros vibes, the kind of guy who's going to win multiple Veznas. He, he can be the guy who's going to get you to the cup. And I believe he's still only 23. And that's what's just absolutely outstanding about this guy. He's got a certain um, way that he, his, his positioning is just spot on. He knows where the play, he, he controls more of that play, I think, than even some of his, his own defensemen. Um, so Jake Oringer, massive reason why they're there. And the other one, and I mean, there's a lot of reasons I'm picking apart some guys here, but Joe Pavelski, as he continues to show that he's 
got lots left in the tank. He's got seven points in five games, and it's not all assists. He's actually leading the team in goals. He's got four and three assists in just over 15 minutes. He's he's not even he's actually lost some minutes, but he hasn't lost a step at all. He's getting all these points. There's a lot of spread with this team where there's you know everybody gets a little bit of the love, and thankfully so. Tyler Sege, I think he's he's waking up, and I think playing with Mason Marchment is actually a big deal. I think that's a big reason why Sege is starting to maybe appear a little bit more like what we had thought he was for so many years. Now, he's got three assists, and three of those came on the first game, but he does have two goals to go along with that, and he is playing well. He's looking at his numbers and his time on ice and everything. He seems to be plugging himself in there, and again, I like where he is he's on the second line with uh, Mason and he's also on the second line power play with him as well and I think those two together go really well together and I, I'm, I'm positive that that's what's happening over in Dallas and it's just I don't know there's something about this Dallas team that I'm enamored with and I've been a big fan of them um, the last couple of years so this is great to see then at the top man <laughs> well when when it comes to I want to hit on a couple of things that you talked about Ottinger, the nice thing for me, I mean, as a as a fantasy manager, you kind of want to see the the, the player continue th- yeah. that trend, right? He had a great year last year, kind of took over the reins as the number one goalie. Comes into this year, you're you know, as a fantasy manager, you're kind of sitting there, okay, well, what am I going to get here? You know, is it going to be a little bit of regression? Was he that great last year? And it kind of takes a step back. So in real life and in fantasy. At the very least, what you've got now is you've got um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sample size. Ah, is what okay. I'm looking for. As, so as for Odinger, it's just nice that he's been able to continue his play. So as as management of the Dallas Stars, you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, we actually now we've really got ourselves. It's exactly. confidence now. Now exactly. You, and now going to a management perspective, you're like, we've seen enough to know that this is who he is. He's not just sort of getting lucky over and over again at this point now this is who he is this is the kind of goalie that he is exactly and when it comes to Tyler Sagan I do I do have to agree with you I think the fact that Mason I mean for me it's his size it's it's Marchment's size I think that is 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 coming into play here um you know whether that's directly or indirectly he's just giving uh Sagan a little bit more space to work with I would I, I would think yeah and I'm, and obviously a player of his ilk. If you do give him space and time, we all know what he can do. So, when it comes to Dallas, I I think we were all kind of wondering how this year was going to play out for them. How was it going to start out? Uh, you know, are they for real? You know, is Ottinger for real? And we're starting to yeah. we're starting to see what the Dallas Stars are about here. Um, you know, they've got they certainly have all the veteran leadership they they need in in that lineup. Ben Sagan uh Pavelski so that combined with the youth movement that they've got going on there Ottinger yes. Robertson uh you got Rupe Hintz in there too you've got a really yeah. really nice mix you, you, you know anytime that there's uh you know any kind of a slump two three game losing losing streak you've got the guys in there that can calm things down so I think Dallas is actually in a really Absolutely. good spot right now and I think I don't know that it's should they should they continue down this path and actually end up as one of the top seeds I don't think it's going to feel like an overachievement. No. I think it's going to feel like they're right where they need to be and right where they should be. Now let's see what they can do in the playoffs. And then from that moment on, it it could be an overachievement because if they do end up making it far in the playoffs, I do think that's a bit of an overachievement because as much as this team is great in the regular season, we all know what the playoffs are like. Again, weird to be talking about the playoffs so early in the season, but let's face it. I mean, this is what all of this is about, right? Even the first few games at the beginning of the season – 
make that much of a difference, especially towards the end of the season. You win the games now so that you don't have to win the games later. You if it. you're look on the outside looking in and you just needed that one extra game, well, that easy game that you took for granted at the beginning of the season may have made that, that difference. So take it seriously now. So what I'm getting at is that this team, like you mentioned, Rupe Heinz, Pavelski, Robertson, Mason Marchman, Tyler Sige, Heiskanen, who I still I I I think I'm going to jump on board on with you on the bandwagon. I, I think his numbers aren't necessary in terms of offense. Like I, uh-huh. defensively speaking, we can all talk about the seven. He leads that team, so obviously uh-huh. he's doing all the right things. But 24 minutes, the numbers are going to come for him. Like he, they're putting all of the right places at all the right times, and he's leading that team by far in minutes and in plus minus. So this team is even deeper than what we're seeing. We just need a little bit more time with the with the season. And it's um it's an exciting exciting season. And I again I wanna I love Mason Marchment. He's got six points in five games, three goals, three assists. This kid He's the real deal. Florida is regretting this, I'm sure. And if they're not, I don't know what they're doing over there. They're a bigger question mark, sure. But Mason Marchman, it, it, look out for him. Like he's, it feels weird to say, but he's going to carry Tyler Sige back to to where he should be. And then you're going to see some real magic there. Some, uh, some, some. Anyway, some really good players over there in Dallas. Love what I'm seeing there. It'll certainly be interesting to see if they can kind of keep this going. It's been a really good story to start for the sure. year. I mean, they've got everything going. They got Robertson signed finally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know what? Everything's kind of on a That's positive three years, tip right, right now. For he them. signed Let's three years. See. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and it was below market yeah. value. So I don't know how Jim Nil, you know, worked his magic yeah. on that one. But hey, listen, he's got him. He's got him signed. He's got yeah. him in the lineup, and he's got him at a good yeah. price. So you can't go wrong there. And especially with uh, Ben and Sagan still around, you yeah. do need to watch your uh, your financials a little bit, at least for the next little bit. He, and that's and that's one player I wish they could figure out and, and sort of wake him up a little bit more, Jamie Ben. Like I, I he's still a valuable player. Obviously, he's still very good. He does a lot of right, a lot of good things. He's still on the top power play. Um, so he and he's getting his minutes and everything. I just don't know what happened there. The the huge drop off in production. Like he was never your one hundred point guy, but he was pretty consistent yeah. at being close enough to let's say you're 70 points, 75 points every year. And then there's just that drop that I don't, it's it, for me, it's inexplicable. I have no idea what's going on, but obviously Ben has always brought more to the table than just his, his goal scoring prowess. He's, he's, he's got a lot more going for him. He's a big body, keep him in front of the nets. Um, he's, he's a smart player. And now with so many years in the league, obviously he's going to help this young core. So lots of, uh, lots of room, lots of time for him to also hopefully turn the season around. Cause it would be nice. It'd be nice to see him turn it around this year. It certainly would. I mean, Ben has had a little bit of a rough go here over the last little while. I think a lot of the, a lot of it has to do with the speed of the game, personally. But I mean, hey, I mean, you know, he's still st- still serviceable on the power play and uh, and can still you know yeah. take care of business that way and as a net front presence. So, um, so yeah, moving over to uh, to an Eastern Conference team here, <laughs> and this is a team. Listen, uh, the two teams that I had to write about, or that I, I felt I needed to write about, they shouldn't really be getting any kind of love they've already gotten tons of love but how can how can you walk away from what the pittsburgh penguins are doing right now crosby and company are just simply doing it again and that is dominating couple numbers to throw out your way strong start to the season 301 check (laughs) first in goals goals per game at five i think it's over five now check second goals against average i think they're at 2.20 after the last game check Second, second in power play percentage, 
31.2 check second in <laughs> second in face second in face off winning percentage what at fi- dude listen i'm not a big like face off percentage guy okay <laughs> like uh, it's it, it's a great stat to look at and everything but i have to put it in there they're at 57.7 they're at 58 percent. so i mean like this team's getting it done at the face off circle like so you know what? Simply put, this team is playing some inspired hockey. They're playing. Uh, their best players yeah. are their best players right now. Um, I mean, with a total of nine guys currently sitting at a point per game pace on that team, that's it, it, it is just like it's kind of incredible. I mean, you brought the band back, and they are singing a tune for you right <laughs> now, man. Because holy cow! That oh, yeah. on top of the fact that Tristan Jerry has had a phenomenal start to the year, three and zero record, three zero and zero, one sixty seven goals against average, nine fifty two save percentage. I mean, he looks to be back in top form, and you know I've said this about the Pittsburgh defense, uh, you know, since the inception of our show, and even before that, Pittsburgh seems to be able to get things done with the most yeah. unspectacular <laughs> yet effective decors I've ever seen in my life, like. Okay, you've got it, it, yeah. it's like Latang and everybody else every year, and it's just like, how in God's name are these guys getting it done? So listen, you got Crosby, Malkin, and Latang leading the way, and it sure seems like the rest Guns of the team is, is happy to follow them. I mean, I don't know what. I, okay, uh, Gensel's still okay. injured. He's a game time decision for okay. tonight's game, Monday night. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I don't you know think it what? matters. Even yeah. if he is out, you know, Brian Rust. Uh, no, it, it, it just doesn't because, you know, they find guys that, and, and we've seen it time and time again throughout the years. They're not going at, like, okay, they brought in a Kessel and they, and they drafted yeah. Gensel. But whenever they bring some of these players in, it's not like first line guys there. They're yep. turning some third exactly. line guys into like Crosby's running mate. You know what I mean? So listen, when you've got, when you've got that, that core three, Latang, Malkin and Crosby, just their presence in the locker room alone, like you better come to play. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins, until these guys start falling off and you know, either the retirement or move on yeah. to other teams. And I'm talking about Crosby Malkin on the Tang, who don't seem like they're gonna be going anywhere. I would fully yep. expect all three of these guys to retire Pittsburgh Penguins. When you got that trio set up in your franchise, I mean you're gonna have the rest of the, the rest of them follow the lead, man. And what a bu- what a what a three three headed yeah. monster to lead this team. I mean, they're they're doing it again. They're getting it done. I mean, I rifled off those numbers for you. They're they are top notch right now. You, you can say whatever you want about this team, old whatever. They're getting See, it done. A lot of credit needs to go to Mike Sullivan on this too. And I said it last year, and I'm gonna say it again this year. And in fact, this year he became the Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leading uh, wins um, record holder for the Pittsburgh Penguins with 300 when he got his 300. Um, and I'm not surprised. Because again, like I said, he was doing it last year where he was just working his magic with his system where he was able to plug in players because it's so many injuries and, and I believe some COVID stuff was happening to that team as well. Like it was more or less affecting every team. But the way Sullivan, it seems like I, I, can, I can envision him looking at you know a, a situation where we've lost some players what do we do and him simply being as cool and calm as can be and collecting like no problem we're going to take this person he's going to go there and that guy's going down there and that guy's going over there and we're all good and that's it and it's done seamless exactly and then the games happen it's like seamless. nobody's missing like honestly 
and might as well be the same guys that you claim that aren't playing just with different jerseys because it's like you said seamless it seems like nothing has changed this system that they got going they rejuvenate like they rejuvenated last year it was uh, Jeff Carter who was their hero for the beginning of the season who continued to just produce for them yep. at the top line because they didn't have either of their stars like it was just constant with Carter and then Brian Russ all of a sudden was like he's the next phenom and then of course Jake Unsel like he's just he he is the thing is, is with with him he's legitimately his own star like I don't know that I feel like he's a little underappreciated because he is absolutely someone you can maybe I don't want to say build around but he's absolutely someone who can find success in Pittsburgh on his own and that I think is again a true testament to what Mike Sullivan's done to this team um, certainly doesn't help that Tristan Jerry is out there just playing lights out um, but it's, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we had a, a moment to mention that Mike Solomon, cause I'm still to this day, I'm extremely impressed with him and what he can do. And I, I see like, I see another great season for Pittsburgh. Thanks to, in large part to him. You've been a massive proponent of, of Mike Sullivan. You've really championed his, uh, his coaching and you know what it, it, it's, he's from the, uh, Tortorella coaching tree, right? So he was, he was coaching Tampa with Tortorella Bay. down when, uh, yes. Tortorella was in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, so he, yeah, yeah. So he. So he's got that, and and the nice yeah. thing about it is he's yeah. not completely like rough and grumble like like a torts, right? Like I think he's been able to adapt. He still got a little bit yep. of that, like you know, bring your uh, yeah. bring your lunchbox to to work kind of kind of mentality. But he, you know, he he knows the type of game that it is today, and you do have to kind of, yep, you know, the players do control. You got to finesse a that as a coach, maybe, you know, in in regards yeah. to that. So, and I think he realized that. You got it. He he keeps that open line of communication with with, with the boys, in particular the the, the core three there. Um, but and I'm, that's a good point, actually. When you compare him to Trotz, I don't see him being very good at finessing them. <laughs> so I think this is a, that's a quality that Mike Sullivan. So he took the positives of what he could from Torts and brought them over to Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a good. Thanks for mentioning that because I had no idea that that that's where that came from. But yeah, you're right. Now that memory serves me, that he was the assistant down there. So. A lot of experience, and Torts is not necessarily a terrible coach to follow in the footsteps. Like he's a he's a solid coach. Look at what Philly's doing right now. I know it's early again, but definitely didn't see that coming out of the gate from Philly. No, absolutely not. And I mean, you know, we we were thinking about talking to them about them this week, but you know what? We maybe push that back off. We're gonna give him one more. Well, week. yeah, that's what we, one more exactly. Week. <laughs> we we want we want to see one more week out of you, Torts. We want to see one yeah. more week out of you, Flyers players. Let's see what happens this week. Yeah. We may we may be talking about you next Monday evening. We'll see. But, but win some games and we'll talk about it. exactly exactly <laughs> but i do think that there is someone who does want to say a little word here and i think we're going to take a small break so that we can have a little word from DraftKings. hockey fans it's finally time to hit the ice again and thanks to DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl you're in for the season of a lifetime new customers can bet five dollars on any team and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn smaller bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. All right. So now, now, listen. 
Okay. Listen, just before we're we listening, get we're off all on listening, this, Marty. Let me make something. Let, let me make something very, very clear. I am. I am saying this right now, and I'm sincere in this. The season ended, and I won. <laughs> it's over. Okay. This is it. We're done. Everybody, pay up okay. now. Give we me the trophy. We, COVID <laughs> I issues. I won. You know, whatever it is, it's mine. We're done. It's over. <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah. So I mean, you had a, you had a good game this week. I mean, you, you did what you needed to do. You took care of business, and and that's that's, it. that's all you can that's do. It. I mean, listen, folks. We had some. Mm-hmm. We had our divisional game. We got back to divisional games. I should say the first week of the season, you were playing teams from other other divisions. So we got back to our divisions in week two and week three, and I believe week four as well. Um, so huge divisional yeah. matchups this week in both the Howe and the Gretzky divisions. Uh, we we were able to renew some rivalries. Uh, Currently, the Brigands sit atop the league at two and zero, followed closely by my what? <laughs> followed closely by the Dragons at one zero and one. Yes, the Apocalypse right. came back on mm-hmm. the last night. A couple of point, a couple oh, of points from ever. Barzell, huge points to tie it up, fifty three fifty three for the week. Uh, so that yeah. you know that yeah. hey, listen, it is like kissing your sister, man. I'm telling you. <clears throat> you've got you've got several teams that are sitting at one and one and then you've got tom and the demons that are occupying the league basement at zero and two we got we continue with our divisional matchups this week the big one this week i think is Mm -hmm. actually between yourself and myself um the two top teams in the league right now so we're gonna we're gonna face off and see who comes out on the other end and i just want to a little side note here pretty nice week from the pawn hogs I know that they are in a rebuild. Yes. They have got a lot of young, uh, yeah. nice young players, but big, big week out of the Pawn Hawks. 48 points, man. Batherson, seven. Yeah. Hersher, six. Uh, five from Byram. Um, you know, uh, Johnson getting that, getting off the schneid, getting that first goal, but he ended up with two in the week. He had three points. Uh, Jack Hughes playing well again, three. Uh, Samsonov with two wins. Forsberg with three wins. Like, getting- he's. That was a good week, man. It's a thing. This is a good team. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a good team. Um, the problem is how consistent can this team put up 48 points a week? That's a big question mark, right? Like that's going to be the, the biggest issue for this team is because they're going to have these weeks where they're pulling in 40, 50, 48, 50 points. And that's what I was just going to say. I mean, all all eight teams in our league at any given time, any team can beat any team. That is the, that's Absolutely. the fun about it. I mean, yes, you've got your teams that are rebuilding. Yes, you got your teams at the top, but literally, they're. I mean, the Pawn Hogs just showed it. I mean, the Royals had a great. Fit. Actually, Mike, before we go too far, I I'm realizing right now that we pro- we do have some new listeners that may not be aware of what this is. Correct. Or, sorry, how our league this operates. Is correct. So I just a quick rundown what we do. So this is a keeper league, and we keep 12 players, and then we have a draft, and we end up with 25. We got a couple of fans or uh, future stars that we were allowed to sort of stash away. But for the week, what happens is. One team like this week, I'm playing against Mike. So the whole week, so the whole week of games, you get you collect points obviously for goals and assists, including wins and shutouts. You get five points and that kind of thing. Goals for defensemen are worth two. Uh, so what what you do is you dress nine forwards, four defensemen, and two goalies, and those are the points. Those are the players you get points off of for that week. If you collect more points in that week, pretty straightforward. You get a W, and that's it. Go. So sorry, no, no, so no now worries at all. No, I mean, it, like I like I was saying, I mean. Any team can beat any team in this league. So, I mean, it's not... It, yes. I should, we shouldn't be overly surprised with the type of team and the way you drafted. You know, you figure that, you know, Jason's going to be 
kind of hurting a little bit here. Yeah. But you know what? Again, yeah. th- that's the fun about our league with the eight teams. You you yeah. you have a ch- you, you have a know. chance to get some players that you wouldn't normally get if you were a twelve team league, right? So there's pl- more players that can impact. Absolutely, league. and and speak specifically speaking to that team or to that game. Sorry for that week. The Pondhogs played the Royals, and they got to feel bad for yeah. Scott because he mentioned it yep. to us uh, in mm-hmm. a text. He left tw- he left twenty four points on the bench, seven with Kachuk and five with Stutzel. Oh, so right there, that, that would have given him the W. Hurts. Obviously, just one of those players would <laughs> that does hurt. But that's the thing, right? Like I'm a little surprised he didn't dress those players. But we had been talking to Scott a little bit leading up to this, and uh, at one point I said, you know, this is it's clear this is scott's league we're just playing in it and then he said i don't need any help i'll screw this up on my own and sure enough that week he came out with the dump with call the him out much bud call him well done out. scott well well done oh my man but i mean it's true though right like 12 points between those two players but then even justin falk with three goals that's six yeah. points right there sitting on the bench uh cole caulfield two goals eh, that's okay like you're you're gonna have some points that sit on the bench but if we're just looking at benches and you know what he had 24 on the bench, four for Jason on the bench. Like Jason yeah. clearly dressed his best that and week. And I mean, <laughs> and like I told Scott, I told him personally, I mean, we've all been there, right? I mean, hell, I even gave him an example. I, I could have won my week had I put in um, Zuccarello. He got me six points. Yep. So, I mean, we're all, right. we've all been there. You, you, you hope to make the right choice. Sometimes, inju- sometimes right. injuries come into play and that kind of changes your yep. mindset a little bit. And it's funny you should say that too because – I'll do that at the end of the week. I'll have a look at the benches and then I'll, and I'll wonder what is the best amount of, what is the most amount of points I could have had? So I'll add and subtract what could have been. And, but the thing is with Scott in regards to this, there's no, there's no other way to look at this. Dress one other player, and even if you give that same yeah. luxury to to uh, to Jason, Scott wins that week just with the one player in, yeah. in Brady Kachuk with seven points. Um, him alone beats his entire bench, so that that's a hard one to swallow for sure. I love our I love our league, man. I just love it. I know, oh, me too. <laughs> it's awesome. So this week, yeah, but this week because um, it's Mike and I playing against each other. Have you? Do you? So we're on CBS. Uh, that's where we host our, um, our our league and all the stats and everything get collected there. And they have this thing called the scoring preview, obviously. And have you taken? I a have look? not taken a look. What are we looking at, my friend? We're looking at fifty-five me, fifty-two. Oh come you. on now, that's and horseshit. This is this is <laughs> no, but that's the thing. That's why you can't listen to CBS because there's no way this is true. There's no way that my players. Now that being said, also. What's going to help me is um, I'm not forced into dressing a couple players because St. Louis, they, they didn't play anything for the first week. So I wasn't able to dress Tarasenko, who's off off to a really good yeah. start. So he's inserted in my lineup. Uh, Tavares is really playing very well. So he's obviously in my lineup. He wasn't last week. Um, so I've got a couple of better players in my lineup than I did last week. But I'm sorry. I can't keep up with Kaprasov, Zuccarello, Goudreau, Miller, Rantanen, Svechnikov. Like, you can um, keep up. You can you keep up with Miller right now. He is just struggling, bud. I can keep up with Miller, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so and I see you've got two Carolina players. And I had wanted – I really struggled – putting Jarvis in because he's playing yeah. with them. And I really, especially on the power play too. And I thought, well, at least if he's getting two points, I'm at least going to get one from that. But then I had to look back and something's up with Jarvis. He's not flying out of the gates like the rest of them are, even though he's on the same line, he's getting the same minutes, everything's there. There's just not a whole lot of clicking there for him. So I opted to keep him out, which meant obviously I don't have that opportunity now, right? Of, of matching points for points. But it, by having him out, who did I have to put in instead? Well, it's Tarasenko. So Tarasenko is not exactly a slouch either. It gives me games that you don't have yeah. 
so that's just sort of a trade-off there. So it should be and, hopefully. And, we'll, and we'll as see. for you, we'll as for you, Jarvis owners, I, liter- literally, I think it's just a matter of time. The guy's still been playing. Yes, I, I, be- yeah. I believe he is actually gotten some time on the first power play unit, but I'm not 100 percent sure of that. I do know that he is on that. Keep talking. I'll I look. do know that he is on that first line though with Aho and uh, Teravine, and so. Listen, with those types of players, it's just a matter of time. He's a young player. He's going to, you know, a slump may affect him a little bit more than a, a more experienced player, more seasoned player. Yeah. So, you know, just ride it out with, with Jarvis. You got yourself yeah. a good a good young player there. Yep. Anybody with uh, with Jarvis in the lineup, it's just a matter of time. He's a second power play unit with Stasny, Kakiemi, um, Tara Vannon, actually, as well. And, uh, oh, geez, another tough name for me. Brett Pesh? Peshi? Pesci? It's yeah, Pesci? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Brett Pesci. As in like Joe Pesci? Yeah. I like that. Okay. Good. Um, so yeah, like you said, just be patient with him. But if you're in a league like mine, um, wait until he starts rolling before you yeah. throw him in. Um, if, if you've got someone else that you can slot in there that's, you know, of the same... because. You do. You want the guys who are playing top six minutes in your yeah. in, in your lineup as consistently as possible, even if they're not scoring, because eventually they'll break out of it. And usually when they do, it's in a big way. And for us, because it's a week's worth of games that we can't swap in and out every day, you kind of got to ride that out. It, yeah, exactly. and it's tough. You got to make that decision at the start. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so it's just, a, I mean, with it, ours our league compared to a daily fantasy league is is you're just you're having to make a decision for seven days because we can't bring guys in and out of the lineup right now is that something that changes down the line i don't know but i hope not i I like this i kind of like it too i mean it it, it, you you just take a gamble bigger gamble well i mean look i mean perfect example was zuccarello last week he was injured going into the start of the week i had to make a decision i didn't want to have somebody that wasn't going to play all week so i put hall in he was still productive, but had I put in Zuccarello, I'd be sitting at two yep. and zero. Oh. But that, that and that, yep. but that's the fun about our league, though, is that you yeah. can't kind of. Yes, you can't make those daily changes, but that's almost half the fun of it. Is that this is what I got? This is what yeah. I got to ride out. <laughs> Let's yep. go, boys! So and, and it mean, does require a constant follow up on your research on staying on yeah. top of the news for your players, making sure that you're aware. Was he juggled through the lineup? Was there is there something going on between him and the coach? Because these are all things that are going to affect his play time uh, and affect who he's playing with. Yeah. Um, so these are all things that you got to stay on top of. So that's yeah, it's another reason why I like doing what we're doing. I like our league the way it is. So I don't I don't think I'd be I don't think I would vote in favor of changing that element of daily, our league. No. I'd like it no. weekly too. I think we should keep it as is for sure. I think most people are like that too. So no real fear there. Um, all right. Well, then that's that basically sums up Check My Fanny. Why don't we roll right into The Beauties and The, the Beasts. Beast. We need a song. Man, we got to figure this out, man. We need you know, a song. We need something. We'll get back to you, folks. We'll get. We'll do better. <laughs> we'll get a nice little song. Someone, a nice little, nice little somebody interview. submit a song to us to use for The Beauties and The Beasts. In fact, somebody send us a song for each one. A little intro to our Around the Boards, our Beauties and the Beasts, and our uh, Check My Fanny. Something for there. Because it, it, I don't know what it is, but I feel it's missing. If we pick that. your song, you win a bumper sticker. Done. There you go. You'll win two. Now <laughs> we've got too many. <laughs> we got way too many. Way too many. Yeah, I went nuts. <laughs> Spe- speaking of way too many, my beauty and beast this week, I've got a guy that's been doing everything for his team, man. <gasps> He's gross. And I, and, awesome. Yeah, and I'm actually, 
it was hard to write about because I was going to pick this guy as one of my last picks in the draft. And yeah, I'm really, really regretting that decision at this particular moment in time. <laughs> we are talking about the newly signed eight-year deal in Colorado. One Valerie pretty... Nishushkin. 6'4", 210-pound, oh, 27-year-old. He's got six games played, six goals, five assists for 11 points. He's a plus two. And here's the reason why I am so pissed I didn't pick this guy up. <laughs> this guy is playing 20 minutes a night, man. Like, he's man. logging some... Now, listen, there's guys that'll play 22, 23. You're top, top guys in the league. You're Austin Matthews, Mitch Marners, that type of thing. But for a guy that is a late bloomer, mm-hmm. to get 20 minutes... Like, he is taking advantage of this yep. opportunity... With Landeskog mm-hmm. out of the lineup, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, this guy's been on a tear to start the season. He's been an absolute beast yes. all over the ice. Him and Arturi Lekkinen on that. Uh, I think. Yeah. Is I think Lekkinen is on that first line now too. Or anyway, Keep talking m- maybe maybe it's the second line. I'm not sure, but either way, him and Lekkinen are doing yeoman's work right now for that club, fitting in nicely <laughs> with, with, like I said, with Gabe Gabe Landeskog out. Nushushkin right now has got four power play goals and five power play points, one shorthanded goal and two shorthanded points, and one even straight goal. And oh, wow. Even... Now, the reason I mention yeah. all of this, folks, is he is giving you coverage everywhere. Yeah. Seriously. Now, in our league, which is strictly a points league, he is doing some damage. 11 points in six games. We're all over that. But if you are in any kind of a league that is a banger league that counts hits, plus, minus, power play, shorthanded goal, this kid is literally doing everything for you right now. If you can get your hands on him, and if he, for some stupid reason, is still a free agent, you need to get your hands on him tonight. Tonight. (laughs) This recording is not coming out till Wednesday. Also, let us know what league this is that doesn't uh, currently has Nashuskin available. I want to join the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got two new managers that'll be joining next year for sure. 100%. (laughs) Now, and I mean, you know, I touched on the fact that this guy is a late bloomer. He's just starting to put it all together. And the thing that really, and this is more of a personal preference than anything else, I like the big boys. When you can get a skilled player at six foot four and two hundred and ten pounds, yeah. I mean Marty, look at that goal Oof. that he scored, that end to end goal that he scored the other night. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. He I picked that puck up in his own end and yeah. never let it go, just walked right. right in. Oh yeah, I think it was against um Vegas. I think it was against Vegas. That okay. Night. So I mean, look, Valerie Nashushkin, if you have him in if you have him on your roster, you need to be playing him every week. If you if you don't have him on your roster, get him on your roster. Trade. Do whatever. whatever. You do. Trade it. Do whatever you got to do. First Next rounder. Stop. Trade it. Oh, yeah. Trade it up. <laughs> Next up, Carter Hart. I can't believe Six- this. I cannot believe you're saying this right dude, now. Dude. Dude. Uh, like, I can't. I can't. I can't what, believe it either. What parallel but, universe is this? This is weird. You know what? We're on a different. We must be in Loki's world right now or something. So, yeah. We're on a different <laughs> timeline or whatever the hell's going on. But this timeline has Carter Hart, a 6'2", 181-pound, 24-year-old, with an unblemished record right now for, hold on, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes. No. No. Those, Philade- those Philadelphia Flyers. No. 
4-0-0. He's at a 1.75 GAA with a 9.49 save percentage. Oh, I mean, what? I'm, who is dude, this? Listen, nobody gave this. Torch for president. Gave this, nobody gave this team any love in the offseason. Nobody gave no. this player or this goaltender any love. Nobody looked his Feeny. way in the draft. Nobody. No. no. But here we are. No one yeah. expected such a hot start to the season for this Flyers team. And we certainly did not expect any type of performance out of Carter Hurt like we're seeing right now. Torts no. has got these guys playing a very strong defensive and structured game. You, Regardless of the personnel on that team, Marty, we know yeah. what we're getting with Torts. This yes. guy is... You are going to sacrifice for the team. If you are a Philadelphia Flyer in the year 22-23, you will be blocking shots or you will not be playing. End Sisa, of story. When you, play for, when you play for Torts, you're sacrificing for the team. And this team, so far as I can see, have completely and utterly bought into a system. I, for one, will say it right off the bat. I am completely surprised with this. I did not see this happening whatsoever. No. I, I I actually thought that Torts was not what they were looking for right now. I thought yeah. it was already kind of messy as it was. Yeah. Why bring Torts? Why add fuel to the fire? But mm. you know what? I'll take back those comments. And as it stands right now, the Philadelphia Flyers are playing great hockey. Period. That's it. End of discussion. There's nothing more to be said. You couldn't be more right. Now, we're going to give them one more week before we actually dive into them. But I'll tell you this right now. We get another week like this. I'm going to look forward to this one. I'm going to look forward to tearing apart this team and really looking at this at the numbers of this team and going, okay, this is what they've done. This is what Torts has done. Because this is a team, Marty, as far back as halfway in our first season of the podcast. We were wondering what happened to the Philadelphia Flyers. No idea. What happened to them? Well, no direction, they, nothing. Well, direction and uh, identity <laughs> are definitely two words that came into play as, as soon as he walked through those doors. Absolutely. 100%. So you know yeah. what? Good on Carter Hart. Good on the Flyers. And yeah. listen, whether you like torts or not, I'm not the biggest fan, but the guy can coach a hockey team. So That's you can't it. take that away from him. And, yeah. uh, and you know what? Good on them. Good on the Flyers. Good on torts. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Flyers fans are flipping out right now. I'm just going to put this out there. If I if if I can just get one Flyer player to do the Michigan during a game, I would just really like to oh, see that. <laughs> that would be beautiful. I believe he would be suspended by the team afterwards. Pretty quickly, he'd get Probably. suspended, uh, traded, and his new his new picture on his new team would, for some reason, ha- unexplicably have a black eye for some reason, and no one would talk about. It. <laughs> So Marty, I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you like do you like Calder Trophy candidates? I hate him. Do you? Well, <laughs> no. you are going to hate him. this then. You're <laughs> going to hate this then, bud. We are going to be talking about a super rookie right now, a young man yeah. by the name of Kalen Addison playing at a Minnesota. This guy is actually leading all rookies right now in points as a defenseman. So you Surprising. know what? It's been a bit of a rough go in Minnesota. Uh, you know, right down to my uh, my prized possession, eighth overall pick, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh. <laughs> oh. Fleury, you better get you better start getting this thing in the play, bud. I right, swear that God, ship. Or I'll bench or, or I'll bench it right right up until mid season, bud. Yeah. But continuing on with Addison, it has been a rough go in Minnesota, but there it certainly hasn't been a rough go for for this player. 
In five games, he's got six points. They're all assists, so uh, not much in the way of goals here to speak of. He is at a minus seven, but with the way that team has been playing, that's kind of not too, too surprising here. He is playing 17.32 uh, ice time per per game, so he is playing some solid um, second uh, second pairing minutes. And I'll tell you what, that power play has looked really, really good uh, with him manning it too, which has actually been fairly surprising. I think walking into the year, we probably thought it would have been someone along the lines of a Dumba or Spurgeon. But yeah. They have, re- they have really, really given him the reins. They've given him an opportunity. Smart uh, move. To, 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 yeah, smart move for sure. You got to hope they kind of do the same thing with Rossi. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, please, Dean. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ, guy, give him a fucking, throw him a fucking bone, man. Something, Don't, if jeez. I mean, I mean, Christ, I, I wrote it already. If you're expecting fourth line uh, uh, minutes, you're going to get fourth line results here, bud. Like, I mean. That's it, exactly. But, but staying with Addison, he's having a great year. Really, really been producing Ralph. We're a 22-year-old young kid looking great in Minnesota. And again, if he can stay on that first power play. Uh, in yep. Minnesota, I, I listen. I, I I think it's without even thinking he's going to hit forty to forty five points. For sure, it looks good, anyways. So yeah, it's it's the, and it's honestly it's the right direction for Minnesota because quite frankly, you know as as successful or even that word I don't know if I would use that, but the amount of time that they've used Spurgeon and Dumba in that role. They never jumped out at the page. There was no. there was always something missing in their games. It always felt like they were being used just because they had no one else. Well, it'd be nice to have another option. It seems like that's exactly what this kid's there I to mean, do. So good for them. I mean, they need a transition, right? I mean, going you're, you're yeah. paying all of this money for Suter and Parisi, so you got a lot of dead money, dead cap space money. I mean, yeah. you're going to need some of these young kids to come in. Boldy, Rossi, Addison. These guys are going to need yeah. to come in. They're going to need to do some damage, and I'm pretty sure in all in, in the case of all three that they soon will. Um, speaking of damage, oh, I got I got to wonder if there's a little bit of damage control going on with any Roman Yossi owners out there right now, man. Because because as you can tell, folks, Roman Yossi falls into my beast category this week. Oof. Now now listen, I'm going to preface everything that I'm about to say with this. We're talking about Roman Yossi. This is a guy who was pushing 90, 95 points here last year. This will come around. We're, like, we're going to see a 50-point year out of this guy. It's not even a question. In all reality, I think even 55 points isn't even a question. Really, we could probably even push it to 60. But if he's going to start hitting some of these totals, we're going to have to start getting on a little bit of a roll here pretty soon. Because, I mean, look, the in, in particular, it's been difficult for, for Yossi. The minutes are still there. He's playing 25-42 a night. Uh, his usual presence on power play one, not a problem. That's still there. The production just hasn't been anywhere to be found right now. But like I mentioned, Roman Yossi, you're talking about an elite defenseman in the NHL here. Mm-hmm. I understand we're seven games in and he's only gotten you one point. He's probably either lost you a week or maybe lost you uh, a category or whatever the case is in daily fantasy. But you know what? Hold tight. This is obviously not a guy that you want to be trading. The only time mm-hmm. you want to be trading a guy like this is if you are the rebuilding team and you're looking to move this guy, get some get some nice pieces. Even back. there, hold off because right now it's a trade low situation. You don't want to do that. You're going to get a better return when he starts getting hot. Absolutely, so, and and that's just a matter of time. I mean, this Absolutely. is this is, a, this is such a skillful player. I mean, I really don't think there's going to be too many concerns here now. 
I, I say all that as if he's going to start kind of kicking it up right here. But if we go another seven games and we're looking at two points out of 14 games, now we have a different conversation. He's probably in my beasts again for one, but yeah. that is certain. That is certainly a whole different uh, can of worms there. But as it stands right now, rough start, hold tight. I'm pretty, I, I have no uh, issues uh, of this guy getting anywhere like that 50, 55 points, not even a question. The problem right now with not just him, it's it's a problem in Nashville. Like yeah. Saros isn't playing well. Duchesne's not playing well. Forsberg's not playing well. There, there's just something going on with Nashville. And just chalk it up to a slow start because I do believe that they're, the whole team is going to turn this around. The numbers are going to start changing in their favor. They're going to just snap out of it and everything will be fine. But again, like you said, anything can happen. What if there's another week of this? If there's another week of this, you, then you got to start wondering. Now we're 10, 15 games in, not 15, 10 to 12 games in. Now you got to start wondering, okay, this is starting what's to look up? like an identity for this year. So yeah. what's the deal with that? Because, yeah, like as an example, too, Saros could have easily been in my beast uh, for this week. And I really contemplating doing that. Um, but I feel that the trip overseas, because that always seems to affect players, yeah. right? So I think that's part of what we're seeing here. It's kind of sort of relaying. It, it, it means you're coming out of the gate with a bit of a stutter step. And I think that's what, or I, at least I'm hoping that's what's happening because I don't just have Saros. I've got Duchesne, but I do like Nashville. I do like their team. So I, I would like to see them playing a little bit better. And uh, yeah, for our fantasy managers out there, just just wait another week or two before you start questioning if he should, because Yossi, or sorry, um, yeah, Yossi should still be in your lineup because he will snap out. And when he does, he'll mm-hmm. do it in a big way. But after a week, if he's still doing this, then you got to bench him and then you got to sort of wait to see what kind of season this is really going to be for this team. So be a little bit more patient, but not too much more. <laughs> All right. So now it's my turn for my Beauties. And the first one I'm going to mention is Jonathan Marcheseau out of Vegas Knights. Um, can we just say build a statue right now for Marcheseau? Because honestly, that okay, that's a bit much. But I'll say that ever since Vegas came into the league, Marcheseau has been there with a steady, consistent play and should remain on your fantasy radar at all times. Even a, even a third-line demotion and a full minute less of ice time hasn't slowed him down at all. He's got five goals and one assist in six games which means there's no reason not to dress him at the moment. He is guilty of dry spells for sure, but honestly, who isn't? Everybody is. Look at the guy we just talked about, Roman Yossi. He had 95 points last year. He's got one assist. So Jonathan Marcheseau is actually doing a hell of a lot better there. So write it out and you'll sit happily with another 60, 70 point season. And these are the kinds of players you need to round out your team to get that championship. Marcheseau is that kind of player. He I, vastly underrated in my opinion. You took the words right out of my mouth. That is the type of player that you're going to win championships with. This is the type of guy you're going to, and I'm talking about our league specifically here. This is the type of guy they can get in the eighth round, seventh round, ninth round, potentially. Like depending on where certain teams are rebuilding or not, this is totally the type of guy that can win you a championship bar none. Yeah, absolutely. And Vegas as a whole, who was going to be my other team that I was going to talk about this week. um, They're, they're really starting to come back together. Uh, last year, I think, was a blip in the radar. I see this team doing things a lot better now. And and actually, Marcheseau and Eichel are both leading the, their team right now. And those are two big reasons why this team's doing well. Stone is kind of starting out of the gate. I'm convinced his back is never going to be fully healed. So that's probably another reason why they're... Tail Dog isn't necessarily playing as great uh, uh, manning that point or an on D as he has in the past. Uh, but Logan Thompson is the real deal. So as a whole, this team 
there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot to pick from. But if you really want to have someone who you're con- you're convinced is going to do something for you, Marsha So is that guy in that team. Oh, yeah. Yes, obviously Eichel is going to have those explosive nights, but he himself has also had you know a few issues with consistency. Marsha So is not. He is not that inconsistent. Every single week he will get you points. I had him last year. Um, but I believe he was part of my COVID team. So I wasn't able to dress him as often as I would like to. And, and whenever I had to take him off, not that I was hoping people would get sick, but I was hoping people would get sick because <laughs> I wanted Marshall so on my lineup every single night because he was more consistent than some of the guys I had drafted. So Marshall so absolutely fantasy managers out there, pick him up, set it and forget it. He's a great, great addition. Um, touched on him a little bit, touched on him a little bit, Alex Tuck. I got it right. (laughs) The former Vegas player, actually, has found an extra step in Buffalo. Uh, He's currently sitting with Skinner. Sorry. He's currently sitting with Skinner and Thompson on the first line. And I think, and I mentioned this before, I think that's actually part of what makes Tuck so great. He's actually there to help them out, which is just absurd to say because Skinner is a uh, used to be last two seasons not so much but he's a guy who can score you 30 goals um same thing with tage thompson last year i think he ended up with 36 so these are great players who are in need of help and they're turning to alex for now alex tuck for now so that's pretty impressive um tuck is actually one of the players who has a very good rounded game i believe he's got eight takeaways this year too so he's the kind of player that you can just sort of lean on from a coach these are the players that you want up and down in your lineup you wish you had a million of them. You could build a system around somebody like this, and that's exactly what's happening. Like Granado has developed a system that works well with Tuck, that works well with other players. But Tuck is a. It seems like Tuck is kind of that driving fire for this team. I could just imagine him being in the dressing room and being a real positive influence on everybody. I just see him being a workhorse. I see him being the kind of guy that you you want all your players to sort of emulate. So, and like you said, I think earlier you mentioned that he's from Buffalo, so he's got. He's got an extra step, uh, an extra jump in in his step right now. So it's really nice to see. So he's another guy, absolutely. Right now, I would be dressing him and setting it and forget it for sure. Tell me there isn't a more terrifying duo right now than Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson. Both of these guys are like 6'3". I think Thompson's like, what, 6'7 or something like that? 6'8 or something, (laughs) whatever it is? probably, yeah. Whatever it is, these these guys are like, I I, I believe both of them are over 6'3". And yes. they can both, for the size of men they are, Tuck is a speedster flat out. But for the size that Thompson Holy shit. is, Thompson he is can, six seven. <laughs> he can he can move, man. Like right now, I I was watching that Vancouver game with Buffalo. It was the late game that night, right? So I just kind of settled in and watched that. Dude, if you're a defenseman and you six, see four. these monsters Holy coming shit. at you. Like, and dude, the four check was great, but man, oh man, it, I swear to God, it, it, these are, that, co- that these are combo right now it is really, really damaging, huge, a lot of damage. imposing, physical, yeah. fast, in your face, relentless giving, players. Going back to, to your Buffalo Nightmares. story, it's, it's giving Buffalo a different look. It's just, it's, it's yeah. something they haven't had before. Yeah. I mean, true. Those are imposing figures coming at you in the, off, in, in your defensive zone, their offensive zone. Yeah. That's, that's making a, a life difficult for a lot of defensive tandems. Right Absolutely. Now. Yeah. It's a scary thing to look down for sure. And that's part of the reason why this team is off to such a great start. Um, is it surprising? Yeah, it is. I think it's still yeah. surprising. They, even to the success that Alex Tuck is having um, and Buffalo as a whole, 
Now, if we continue down this path and we get halfway through the season and we see that they're still sitting at the top of the, 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 um, their division or even the conference, I don't know if I would say it at that point that it's still surprising. At that point, I would say, no, this makes sense now. Like, this is clearly a team to be reckoned with. There's nothing fake about this. This isn't a flash and pan. This is the team that you need to worry yourself with. So, for sure. Um, and, and yeah, speaking of teams another, you got to worry another about. Another team, exactly. Oh, Ottawa Senators, now Brady Kachuk. So last year I said I didn't like the contract because I felt that Kachuk wasn't going to live up to that number, like both the dollar amount and what was going to be expected of him. People were saying like, he's always going to lead our team in goals and he's going to lead our team in points and all this and that. And I didn't buy into it. So I felt that at the time he took advantage of a need that Ottawa had, but that wasn't going to, that he wasn't necessarily going to lead this team at all. So let me just say that before that I was saying all of this before Debrinkat and uh, Giroux showed up, but since then, obviously I'm eating a little crow here. <laughs> I I do think I was wrong. I should have looked. At, I should have looked at Kachuk's. I guess maybe his history a little bit closer to, to really know what kind of special player he is because really he is. He's not just a heart and soul, which I knew that was why they gave him the C because he's got that heart. He's got that soul. He's, he's what you want in a captain. Absolutely. But his skill level is something that I really wasn't, I wasn't expecting this. So now he's got four goals, four assists in five games. So he's well-rounded there too. And he's got a small dip in time on ice, but yet he's still producing. In fact, he's producing more. So he's really upped his game. And the Senators squad as a whole are playing with so much energy. I don't know how you can slow this train down. And Brady is the conductor of this train, I think. And I think that's pretty obvious at this point. So there's absolutely no reason not to dress him, leave him in there, and just work on other areas of your fantasy team. Because Kachuk will have his part down and as 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 exciting as the Senators are and clearly an offensive first team, I don't know why you would ever sit this player. Like for us, we look at games played every week, even if he's playing two games, I think Scott's kind of maybe feeling a little bit of, God damn it. Why did I do that? Like he sat him last L- week. Little and remorse, little points. remorse. Yeah. Take one game away and Brady Kachuk still has five points in that week for two games. So it's a, you know, maybe Kachuk over, overdid himself in this one week, whatever you can say, what you want. But I don't think I would ever sit a player like Kachuk, at least not now I mean, anyways. Well, I mean, they're few and far between, right? Like, I mean, if I'm an Ottawa fan, first and foremost, I'm loving that this guy committed to Ottawa, committed to Canada. I mean, especially, you know, True. Let's, call, let's call it what it is. I mean, his brother ran back to the States. Yeah. And and listen, I don't want to confuse anything here. When I say he ran back to the States, he has every right to do that. Okay, Absolutely. He has every right to do whatever he wants. But it must be nice as an Ottawa Senators fan that this guy has said, you know what, I'm I'm sticking around. Yeah. Number number two, I'm going to lead you. Yeah. And and the thing that I love about this player is you get the skill, you get all that stuff, but we talked about it endlessly, and this is why he got the contract, was the intangibles that he brings, that a Batherson, a Marner, a Cole yeah. Caulfield, like name name all sorts of great players in the league. But this guy will knock you the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's true. I, th- this this leader, player, he's it, a leader. I I love his game right now. I'm yeah. I, I, I'm rooting for. I'm a Habs fan first and foremost, but I'm rooting for this team. I'm rooting for this player. Hard not to. It, it, it is very hard not to. I mean, he is committed 
to the city of Ottawa. So yeah. listen, you know, Feels no good. matter for Ottawa fans, I know you've gone through the rough times and I've been here, I've seen it, but man, oh man, you've got something going right now. You've got uh, lots of positive energy, great off season. What more can you say about this team, Marty? I just love this team. And I and, and Brady Kachuk is definitely at the forefront of all of that. So um so again, yeah, fantasy managers, no reason not to just uh set it and forget it with Brady Kachuk. Uh great, great talent. Uh so finally we'll end it with uh my beast. This one hurts. Uh he's on my team, and it hurts for several reasons because I feel bad for him. I really do. Patrick Kane. So let's just start with the numbers. He's got three assists in five games. He's a minus one, which is actually his most impressive stat uh, looking at this team. He's got two minutes less for time on ice. And like I mentioned on our last episode, his best highlight thus far is of him getting frustrated with Seth Jones during a power play where he says, where the fuck are you going? And he just looks completely done with it all. And I think... That's the metaphor for him and several other players still in Chicago. It's obvious, and I think any of us would feel the same way. The energy that it would take to be enthusiastic about this team, this season, would be small. And I'm sure that's having an effect on his game. His time on ice has been something of an indicator uh, to the effect that maybe Richardson is trying to lean on other players for a spark. Uh, he's kind of jumped all over between 20, 21 minutes and 17. There's a big difference between the two. I don't know how much longer Kane can take. And I think we, and we did, we talked about it last week where wouldn't be surprised if we saw Chicago management decide to just hold on to Kane and let him walk, um, which would be stupid, but we wouldn't be surprised because, you know, Chicago over the last few seasons has done some really much bigger, stupid things, um, And this would all be in an effort to try and get a 25% chance at Bedard, which is not worth it either. You can't tank an entire season, hold on to your only only valuable asset that that you can do anything with and get nothing out of it just to end up with even less. Because 25% of getting Bedard ain't going to get it for you. So I feel for Kane. I really do. And I think the best thing for him and for Chicago would be to trade him as soon as possible. And I think they owe that to him at this point. I'm pretty sure it's, it's a, that's a consensus amongst all players, amongst all uh, managers, anybody who listen, who watches hockey at all, anybody who knows anything about hockey knows that you owe it to Patrick Kane to get him out of there because he has done definitely more than enough to cement his legacy in Chicago to let him dry up there in a bad attitude, which I don't blame him for at all, and just let him sort of wither away on his last contract. Like this is, it's bordering on disrespectful now what they're doing with him and Jonathan Taze. And I, I think enough is enough. Like you made your point, you're looking to tank, but let this one go because you owe it to him. You owe him that much. We couldn't agree more. I mean, I'd love to see both Taze and Kane, you know, sometime before Christmas be traded. But we Edmonton. Know, Sorry, what? But, we, but we, <laughs> hey, you never know. It could be. I mean, Holland's Holland has said he wants to make a splash here. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He knows oh, his yeah. teams in win now mode. So, but yeah. as it as it pertains to Kane and uh, Taze, you know, I'd love to see them traded before Christmas. We both know that they're 
their team is going to suck as much value as they can out of them in regards to trade value. Uh, and that will be closer to the deadline, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, in, in a perfect world, I'd probably like to see both of them traded sometime like in January. You know, a team mm. maybe kind of trying to get a jump on the trade deadline, so to speak. Uh, mm. I know Brian Burke uh, has always been uh, the type of guy that, that likes to get into those types of deals. So I don't know if there's going to be any managers that are going to be sniffing around at that time, early January. A lot of teams are still kind of seeing where they're at. But yeah, I, again, I do echo your sentiments. I really do think that, you know, for the game, for, for yep. what those players have done for your franchise, moving them along, get the, you know, continue with the rebuild. I mean, you're going after Bedard anyway, so just move yeah. them, you know, start start do losing it. the games that you need to do and and, 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 and get them out of there so that they can get on to some teams that are going to do some damage in the playoffs. Whether that's Edmonton, yeah. whether that's the Rangers, we're hearing that. Whatever the case may be, um, you know, the, both of these players have given enough to that franchise, I think. Uh, it's hard to watch. It, it it really is, Marty, and I, I think that I think it's exasperated with. By the way, they went about their off season. I mean, yep. you know, w- when you have an off season like that, how are your fans really supposed to say, "Oh, geez, you know, the season's starting up here at the beginning of October"? Yay! Let's get excited! Let, yeah, yay. exactly. I mean, like for 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 that team, unfortunately, yeah. there's just not a lot to get excited about. So you know what? Move out the pieces that you need to move out. Get those pieces that start to get people excited again. You know, you got this kid, Kevin Korczynski, uh, you know, he yeah. moved, moved heaven and earth for him. I mean, uh, heaven and earth being uh, Alex Dabrinkit. So, yeah. you mean, you, you got to start to get excited about something here. And, and, and yeah. that starts with those two players and moving them out. And, and that's getting the thing. Like you back. can't even, as a fan, you can't even, you can't even start getting excited about the future yet because you're not even there. You're still in limbo. You're still waiting. Yep. Start showing them that there's something excited for the future now. Believe it or not, you'll get fans uh, in the stands and they're going to be cheering on this team and they're going to, you know, there's nothing to lose for this season. So let's get some young players in there and see what the young players can do, because we've seen that sort of sort of rejuvenate a fan base. Look what happened to Montreal last year when they did that, when they sort of admitted, all right, you know, we're we're going to try something. We're, we're not going to try to get back into the playoffs and we're going to try something new. And they went out and they got St. Louis. They brought him in new life and everybody knew there was no sense in the season. But man, did they just start playing and having fun and started winning games. So that's exactly what you could do in Chicago, but that's that starts with management. I think the fans just want to see direction, right, Marty? I mean, exactly. Your, your, your team could be a mess, but as long yep. as you see, okay, oh, I see what they're doing. Perfect. Let's yep. go, boys. As long as there's some direction, I think that goes a long way. Chicago's got some smart fans. They're going to start picking out on the players that you know are going to be there for the long haul because they're the future. They're young now. But let's look at some development. They're going to look at the game. Yeah, we lost five, five to one, five to two. But these two players that are part yeah. of our future really up their game. I saw them do a few things differently this time. So you got some smart, you got some really smart fans over there in Chicago that they're going to they're going to be able to pick apart what's going on and what's to be positive about. Because right now, there's literally nothing to be positive about. The only thing you've got to look forward to is hopefully you lose enough games to get Bedard, and even there, it's twenty five percent. So Chica- I'm sorry. Chicago, it's going to be a tough year, Chicago, but we still love you. We still love you. Yeah, we you. do. It's an original six, baby. You have to. Oh, God damn right. <laughs> and there it is. But before we go too far, I just want to remind people to remember to use our promo code THPN if you happen to go on to uh, DraftKings, which I think you should. And then our promo code will help you out. So just don't forget to do that. There you go. All right. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests 
at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.